Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Today's episode is brought to you by WP Maintenance Plan. You can find out more at WPMP.org. It's a business that will cover handling the maintenance of your WordPress site. Did you know that in order for your website to show up at the top of Google search listings, it has to be in compliance with a heck of a lot of different standards from optimizing the page, from security fixes, from all sorts of maintenance that I don't want to deal with, you probably don't want to deal with, you probably want to just focus on whatever awesome service you offer to your customers. So offload all of that maintenance, all of that technical stuff to WP Maintenance Plan. They'll take care of it at a 100% satisfaction guarantee for only $49 a month. No WordPress site comes out of the box, even meeting two-thirds of Google's recommendations for what a website needs to have in order to place high on its search listings. So check out WPMP.org to find out more. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Dr. Karash Madahi. He's an entrepreneur. He's also one of the world's most well-known dentists today. In fact, for the past 33 years, he's been creating smiles for many of Hollywood's top stars. He's been featured on Oprah, CNN, Entertainment Tonight, and he's appeared as a dental expert on CBS, NBC, ABC, and The Doctors. I loved this episode. We really talk about what does it mean to start a successful business, as well as how do you really navigate past all the noise and fluff that's out there on social media that people may tell you and how do you really drill down on the important essentials that you need to know to start and grow your business successfully check out this episode it's one of the best we've recorded here comes your good advice Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Got a fun guest today, Dr. Karash Madahi. He's an entrepreneur, but when we say entrepreneur, I don't mean like the guy who's just out there maybe trying to start something. Dr. Madahi has been running a super successful dentist practice for the past 33 years. In fact, he's one of the most well-known dentists in our country today. He's created many beautiful smiles for many of Hollywood's top stars. He's been featured on Oprah, CNN, Entertainment Tonight, and he has appeared as a dental expert on CBS, NBC, ABC, and The Doctors. He's also the founder of the startup Lumino Oral Essentials, a multi-million dollar non-toxic whitening kit for people. And we're going to be talking about how do you take your business to the next level today. Doctor, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Blake. Thank you for having me on. Well, I, you know, I should have brushed my teeth before we jumped on camera here <laughs> because you obviously have a great smile. I mean, you know, I, you. I, you, you obviously are the expert in this whole gang. And so I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit about business today. First of all, how are you doing today? Doing great. Now, whereabouts are you calling in from? I am calling from Los Angeles and my office is in Beverly Hills, but just um, a couple of blocks away. 
Great. Well, I know we we don't have a lot of time and I it's almost like I wish I had a whole day with you just to like really dig in because there's some things that just from your bio I think are incredibly important for our listeners. Namely, how do you even start a business and grow it into something meaningful? You know, you've been at this for a long time. Go ahead and let's just let's just jump into it. Take me back to yeah. when you started your business. How have you grown this into something meaningful? Yeah, I think um First of all, it's a pleasure to be here, and I love to talk to people, and I love to give um, insight in terms of not only starting a business, keeping it going, getting it successful, and then keeping the success. So um, the key points that I have ran into is you set a goal for yourself, and at some point, you see how difficult that goal is, and you start to change that goal ever so slightly. And then you run into another uh, problem. You change it ever so slightly. And when one day you wake up, you're far away from your goal and you never know how you're going to reach it. Hmm. I'm going to bring this into the context of even becoming a dentist. I wanted to become a dentist when I was 13 years old. All my attention was ever, how do I get there as quickly as possible? I graduated high school when I was 16, graduated UCLA when I was 20, and at age 24, I was already a dentist. I started my practice in Beverly Hills. That's where I wanted to practice. A bunch of my friends started their practice in Beverly Hills. It was too difficult to find patients, to keep it going. They all left the area. I started from scratch just sharing an office with one of my professors, and I kept going at it, being persistent, staying true to my goal of caring and providing exceptional service uh, also in terms of the materials that I would use, the uh, continuing education units that I would take to always be up to date. Then the next thing was I was very much into technology. So I started to incorporate technology in my practice. So one year out of dental school, I already have a computer in my operatory, whereas the computers in operatories didn't come about 15, 20 years later than when I graduated. So I started to use lasers and I started to do digital x-rays. So one thing is, how can you be at a cutting edge of whatever you're doing, really keeping up to date and creating efficiency and speed? There came a point, the reason why I became so famous in the dental world was I could do full mouth reconstructions in one week to two weeks. That's what attracted so much attention in terms of makeover shows. And I was, I always had this concept that you have to look at everything from the 10,000 feet, not being so worried about what's happening just inside the mouth, but the whole body is just not the mouth alone. Then the other parts of it is that how do you bring a, a group of people around you that have and share your same vision and they share your same drive toward that goal? So one of my policies that I have always talked uh, to the employees that I'm hiring is that anytime you feel like you don't want to be here or this is not the only place in the world you want to work at, you are free to give me a notice and leave. And I'm talking about from top to bottom, anybody who's ever been working any of my companies, it's always been that policy. I want people that really want to be there and really are on the same page with me. So building something, first of all, takes determination. 
takes consistency and persistency and then you surrounding yourself with group right group of people and doing proper marketing at the end of the day so no matter how good you are no matter how good of a product you have if you do not do any proper marketing nobody will know about it so some for example 28 years into my practice i started to look at oral care products and i saw an opportunity where to create something that was that didn't really exist and what that was was a safe yet effective oral care products what i mean by safe is something that's certified non-toxic there is no oral care product in the world that's certified non-toxic anytime you pick up a mouthwash that has any type of a coloring in it there's toxicity in there anything with preservatives has toxicity in there anything with artificial flavors there's toxicity and on top of um, chemicals that are in there so I wanted to create a product that was certified non-toxic, but yet I wanted it to be effective because so many of the natural oral care products were not efficacious. People didn't believe natural products actually work. And uh, so I started to do a lot of research and invested a lot in terms of doing clinical studies. As we built the clinical studies, we found ways that we were able to compete with Crest, as an example, on whitening without using hydrogen peroxide, which was the first time ever. Mm -hmm. So instead of using hydrogen peroxide, I came up with a formulation that I was using coconut oil, sage oil, and lemon peel oil to whiten teeth. And then we did head-to-head -head studies with Crest with an independent university to prove this concept to be true. So you look at it as a whole. You're not trying to take shortcuts. You're not trying to just go after money, you're trying to build things that is absolutely needed, there is a need for it, and then you're trying to set the stage properly with ingredients, with testing, and then providing the proper marketing in order to build it up. Now, this has been true not only in terms of oral care, but I've had, this is my ninth startup company. So I have done things from digital marketing companies where we are servicing 250 to 300 healthcare professionals with their websites, SEO, Facebook ads. It all started. There wasn't that niche agency that could provide the exact service they were after with proven steps. We uh, we did all of these things within my office as we learned the practice the steps. And then we started to build it into a company. So building a company starts with something that you're passionate about. And the thing that you're passionate about is something that's needed, has to be needed in the marketplace. Well, there has to be demand for it. Go ahead. If I could just butt in for a sec, you know, you've, first of all, you've given a lot of great information and it's, it's almost hard for me to know which, which data point to unpack first because there's so much great information there. My question for you is, you know, you're talking about, I mean, let's go back to the example of like the laser technology in the office and you being really 15 to 20 years ahead of some of your peers. What, what keeps people from really, I guess not, not cost cutting, but really being on that cutting edge. And, and again, not even just in oral care, but you see this a lot in business in general where people are willing to not necessarily build something meaningful. They really are chasing that sale. And it's not always for malicious reasons, but, but it, it almost feels like what you're talking about is a bit, it makes sense, 
but it's not necessarily the norm, I guess, especially in a lot of entrepreneurs today. Right. So I think the best um, subject we can talk about is digital x-rays. It's a no-brainer. You take an x-ray, instead of using a film, you would take an x-ray, three seconds later is on a computer screen, you can enlarge it, you can do better diagnosis with it, right? And over time, is much more cost-efficient than using film x-rays. On top of it, you're using um, fixers and developers, and it would take a 30 minutes to develop a whole x-ray, whereas three seconds later is on the screen. So it's, it seems like a no-brainer. Why wouldn't people want to use it? So I introduced this concept um, in a, uh, on CBS on one of the local news stations. And the, she asked me, how long do you think it's going to take before this becomes part of the norm that all dentists are using it? I said, you know, I have a very difficult time convincing any of my uh, dentist patients to actually get ex uh, digital x-rays. And the reason why I'm so much into doing interviews is I want the consumer to actually demand it from the industry. The change mm. is not going to come from within the industry. And she asked me as to why. And the answer is twofold. Number one is costly, is there's an initial investment. But the second one was the most interesting. It says, if I get somebody to use this technology, I got to train them. And if I train them and they leave, what do I do? Right. How am I going to find another person that I'm going to train? This is not something that I have ever thought about. I'm thinking is that how can I provide a much better service with a better efficacy in terms of diagnosis and also be environmentally friendly because we're not using fixers and developers and speed up the appointment. The speeding up the appointment is where the efficiency actually is. You're not waiting 30 minutes for x-rays to come out. And then the main thing also is that you, you are doing 90% less radiation for that patient than if you were using normal film x-rays. So you see everything is there, but it's fear-based. Mm. Fear-based in terms of taking a chance. Fear-based in terms of what if I cannot find the employee and if I, if I train the employee, they're going to leave. I never think I'm going to hire somebody, they're going to leave if I provide the proper environment and also if they're the right person. So the thought process is you always have to start from the top view, looking down. What is it ideally you would like to do? What would you like to provide to the customers? And then inch by inch, move toward that ideal scene and ideal goal. How did you get out of like, because you're talking about this 30,000 30, foot view, how did you get out of like the day-to-day -day firefighting, you know, sort of like the grind of whatever the next problem is? Because you're, you're talking about strategy, strategy of the business. Where do I want to take the business? How do I want the brand to be perceived? And there's, as you know, there's many business owners who are, they can't have that conversation because they are so locked in to that customer right in front of them, that problem right in front of them. What's your advice for getting out of that? Yeah, so it, this idea of, always going in and out of your business, came actually from my brother. He's a cardiologist, he's a researcher, and he also um, lectures all over the country. And he told me, 
that most of his research ideas came about when he was on the plane or on a trip to somewhere where he was out of the office, out of seeing patients, out of the day-to-day operation. So what I started to do is I started to take more time off and go out and look at things and strategize and then come back into the practice. And what I found out is when I wasn't taking much vacations and I wasn't taking that much time off, my income level and revenue and growth were so much less than when I started to take two months out of the year <laughs> out of my practice. Yeah, this is interesting. Well, and it's it's almost, especially for today's entrepreneur who, or, or new business owner who can find themselves spinning, uh, spending 60 hours a week just trying to get their business going, it's almost... You almost wonder if if that's a bit of a detriment, like not allowing them to have that time to see other industries or just to get out get out of the office and really reflect. Yeah. So so part of your first initial reaction is always I have to work as hard as possible, as many hours as possible. To some extent, it is true. It is true that you have to spend and and put in the time. But the the constant issue that comes up is that. Whatever it is you're doing, somebody has already done it and somebody has already figured it out. (laughs) So the question is, how do you find those people? They're on podcasts. Um, So when I was starting up, there wasn't much anything about podcasts. Now I listen to podcasts all the time, right? Um, There are books. So one of the books I, I read that totally influenced everything I did was Good to Great by Jim mm, Collins. Love it. And he talked about the three circles. You want to find something you're passionate about, you can be really good at, and it economically makes sense. Where all these three circles intersect is what you want to do. And everything I've ever done in my life has been with this concept. I got to be passionate about it. I really want to be the, I, can I be really good at it? Can I be one of the best at it? And does it also economically make sense? So reading books, listening to podcasts, and then also looking at a lot of autobiographies of all these people from Jeff Bezos to Elon Musk to Steve Jobs, the difficulties that they have gone through to reach where they have reached and how they had to make the decisions or the book by Andy Grove um, from Intel on inflection points. These companies were always on the verge of bankruptcy and they found a way to turn it around. There is nothing is happening to any of the entrepreneurs that has not happened to the richest people on earth. Mm. It's all the same. But they found a way to dig themselves out. They found a creative solution to build something upon. And that's all it is. You're always looking for that creative solution And the creative solution sometimes is not sitting there at your desk for hours upon hours thinking about it. It's actually going out and looking into other people that have done similar things and what were some of their decision-making like. Well, and it also feels like, you know, to, to be a successful business owner, you have to be willing to recognize that your perspective might just be totally off. I mean, I'm sure when you were bringing in some of this technology, I'd venture to guess you probably had peers who were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you spending money on that? And it's almost like, I think looking at COVID today, it's interesting how many people have said like televisits for your health would never work or remote work. I've had companies who've said remote work will never work. And now, uh, unfortunately, you know, as tragic as COVID is, it's sort of forcing this reframing of perspective a little bit. 
right? So that's also very true. So have there been technologies that I brought into my practice that did not work out? Absolutely. Uh, 90% did, 10% didn't. There were some along the way, there are things that I wasted my money on, but overall, where it took my practice, where it has taken some of my businesses is astronomically higher levels. So you always want to take a chance. And I think the analogy that I can use, the best basketball players that get millions of dollars per year, their shooting percentage is 50%. The best baseball players that get millions of dollars, their batting average is about 0.3, 300. So that means that there's so much room for error. Yet, as entrepreneurs, you are looking for 100% right, which doesn't exist. And anytime I'm talking to people, I'm saying, listen, if you're 80% right, you're going to be amazingly successful. And they're saying, what are you talking about? I can be 20% wrong? I said, of course. The greatest people on earth make much more, um, many more mistakes than 80% being right. So concentrate on taking chances and being wrong and learning from it. That is part of the courage. Mm. And courage is the ability to really wanting to change something no matter what and going ahead and doing it. Yeah. That's what courage is. Not sitting back and thinking about it to death. Mm. Not planning for it to death. At some point, you've got to pull the trigger and you've got to go in there. You've got to take a chance. And if you're wrong, you come out of it and say, okay, okay, I was wrong here. But not one decision should bring out the whole house. So it is not life-changing decisions. There's a series of steps you take on pilots, on testing, and you test it, pilot it, you analyze it. I, I'm, a, I'm a numbers guy. I keep numbers. I keep charts. I look at it. I go back and look at it. So you want a database that you can go to and analytically look at stuff, not just by gut. Mm. Do you feel like today's, I mean, first of all, you're giving such a refreshing perspective because I know, especially for like the new entrepreneur or the young entrepreneur, one mistake can just, I mean, we're talking like imposter syndrome. I mean, it can totally crush that, that new business owner, but it feels like today, and especially this is a great question to ask you because you've, you've been in the digital marketing world, man, there's people who are so good at telling the story of only the successful part. You know, they leave out yeah. all the mistakes, they leave out all, you know, 90% of the journey and they only include the, and it's, it's sort of like guru culture a little bit. Like I'm, I'm yeah. the expert, you want me, you need to hire me. But I've yeah. also talked to entrepreneurs who feel incredibly discouraged because they aren't seeing the traction that these people are claiming online. And it's, it's not the whole story, but, but it almost feels like today's entrepreneur kind of has the deck stacked against them with social media being as prevalent as it is. Yeah. So social media, to some extent, is um, full of fake pictures and fake success stories. And what I mean by that is that 80% um, of the time, the true amount of time, investment, effort and the mistakes that have made has never been mentioned. And they're posing in front of cars and hotels and homes and things like that, that they may or may not own, or um, they've gotten it in a very difficult manner that they're not speaking of. So what I, I tell people, it is a five year grind. Mm. 
Mm. It's a five-year grind. You're grinding to death. If you don't, at some point, you don't get up and you don't say, why the hell did I do this? What the hell did I get myself into? You're actually not close to coming out of it. You become uh, so disgusted with everything that's going on and going wrong that you can't imagine it can't get any worse, but it does. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So there is no overnight success. So as a dentist, it was a 10-year grind. 10-year, working six days a week, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, doing all sorts of stuff that I don't do anymore. But it was 10 years of grinding to establish myself as one of the best. And then from that point of 10 years into my practice as a professional, then I started to really go to a different level. In my companies, without an exception, they all have been five-year grind of losing money, making mistake after making mistake after making mistake, and nothing ever going right to then finding a little ray of light and then thinking it is actually a ray of light and then it turned out to be not right and then turning another one, another one. And what I'm talking to you about is that even with my oral care company, it took us a good three and a half years to figure out how to do uh, internet marketing on Facebook. Three and a half years. And then when we started, things didn't go right. Yes, we are a multi-million dollar a month sales in our oral care products today, but it has taken five and a half years and millions of dollars of investment on my part and, and getting some of the brightest people around me to work constantly toward this goal. There's nothing fast or mm. easy about business. Mm. Powerful, man. Powerful stuff. How, how, did you, how did you maintain your appetite for all, I mean, because think about this, we're, we're talking about a, there's nothing sexy about entrepreneurship. I mean, this is grueling no. to talk about. You yeah. know, you mentioned you had peers and friends who ended up moving out of Beverly Hills. They, they yeah. moved on. How, wh what was it that was in you that kept you hungry and pushing forward and staying courageous? I mean, what does that look yeah. like? So, so I think it, it is, first of all, I think it is a belief in my own goals. You really have to believe in yourself, believe in your ability, and believe in your own goals, right? So a lot of people um, think, first of all, I'm super competitive. I've always played competitive sports. I've been on the school basketball team, volleyball team, football team, I mean, a soccer team. I played ping pong. I played tennis, anything competitive. Um, and imposing my will imposing my way of thinking uh, it gives me fuel but more important than anything is believing in what i'm doing is the right thing for the consumer mm. at the end of the day if they're not using my product i have not been able to communicate property properly with them because i am making them what is the best thing in the world so how can you make something that's the only certified non-toxic oral care product in the world how can you make something that whitens teeth without sensitivity or gum irritation, without peroxide? How could you make something that's microbiome safe that people don't want to use? It's the marketing has not told the story if I have failed at it. Mm. So what I do is that I 
believe in the concept, build the right team, and I push it until I find a way that I can communicate that concept to someone else. And if I have failed, and if I'm down, I am looking at how could I be communicating that concept in a better way? Who can I find to help me? Who can I find to draw uh, some sort of uh, advice from that can help me? But it's the drive always toward these are the correct concepts, and I 100% believe in them. I think what I love about what you're talking about is you keep mentioning the customer. And that's, that's such an awesome insight because I know many people that drive, it's totally, it's, it's ego-driven. It's, I have to be successful for me. And it's, it's great to hear you refer so many times to, it's, it's about building something for the customer. It's about an answer for the customer. How do I make their quality of life better? Um, I, I think that's really a valuable insight. Yeah, I, I, that is absolutely the core principle. So um, 30% of the patients that come and see me, they actually fly in from outside of Los Angeles. The main reason is that they believe if they come to me, I will give them the right answer. Uh, 20, 30% of the people that come in, they want some sort of a cosmetic treatment or veneers. I tell them that's not what they need. They need something much simpler. So the truth and communication of truth to the customer and always believing if you were in their shoes, what would you want is the number one primary factor in any business that I build. Mm. It has to be something that is needed and wanted and it is best thing for them. Mm. Powerful. Man, this has been a, an incredible episode. We're unfortunately out of time. <laughs> what, what can people do to connect with you to stay involved with you? I mean, what, what does that look like for people to continue to get your wisdom in business? Yeah. So um, my email address is Dr. Madahi, D-R-M-A-D-D-A-H-I at oralessentials.com. My website is oralessentials.com. My own uh, practice is drmadahi.com. I think first of all is going through some of the website, some of the information that's there to see how much work has gone really into building these type of things. And if people have any questions, they should feel free to email me. It's great. Uh, Dr. Madai, it was awesome having you on the show today. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much, Blake. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate what you're doing by spreading the word, uh, spending the time to get people on your show that can um, impart some data to your listeners. Absolutely. And for our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. Check out more of the Good Advice podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button. And of course, make sure you give this episode a five-star review. I'll be putting Dr. Madahi's info in the episode description below. Make sure you check that out. And hey, stay tuned for more good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.